Sugared up, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Brent gave hopped up on the almond essence. Brent gave us that cake on the last episode, and I'm still been nursing it here a week later. <laughs> so is <Scully. laughs> Well, welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast, 161st episode. Exactly. I am Alan, and joined by a giant radioactive insect, ski, 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 <laughs> Mothra to the uh, layperson. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember now what they said in the episode because it was. I think it's scree, scree. That's right, yeah. Um, and as soon as I heard that, I thought it'd be a good one. I guess it was just the sound it's supposed to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a nautical toilet, Brent. Nautical <laughs> toilet. <laughs> I went back and forth on several. There was a lot of good options in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought about introducing Brent as a Jew for Jesus. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I like that one. I thought about introducing Ski as a man with flawed choicing skills, mm-hmm. or old happy pants. Old <laughs> happy pants. <laughs> I thought about introducing Brent as a uh, moralist, emotionally needy man leech with an airbag in his headboard. Hmm. And then finally, I thought about introducing... Could be worse things. I, mm-hmm. thought, I thought about introducing Ski as a man who's been caught in bed with the country bear jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> Too many times to count. Right. <laughs> Have you guys seen that movie? No, I've never seen the movie of it. You Isn't that Christopher Walken in it or something? Yeah, and um, uh, John Goodman and Haley Joel Osment and... I heard a really great interview from Christopher Walken talking about it, uh-huh. um, but I've never actually Does seen it. Yeah, fun memories of making it. Yeah, something. I mean, it's just typical Christopher Walken, yeah, yeah. or at least, you know, his persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost wonder if that's how he really is or if it's yeah. just a carefully cultivated mm-hmm. public persona yeah. that he puts on. That's one uh, uh, like impression I'd love to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not do that well. difficult of one, I don't think. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people do solid enough impressions yeah. of it. Yeah. So. Who's your go-to impression? Like, which impression do you think you do better than any of your other impressions? Uh, you do so many. Yeah, I know. I'm a man <laughs> of many voices. This yeah. is a veritable rich little yeah. <laughs> Frank Caliendo. But <laughs> do you know yeah. who he is, or did we yeah, have that yeah, conversation yeah. before? Yeah, he does John Madden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I, don't I know. call him Frank Caliente. Oh, do you? Because <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's hot. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Still on fire. All right. Um, I look in the mirror, I see a young Frank Caliente. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. If I were to say anything, then you will probably tell me to back it up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. And so that's why I just, there's there's a couple that I think I can kind of half-ass uh-huh. do, but nothing where I'm like, oh, I'm really the king of JFK. <laughs> <laughs> I think once upon a time I had a decent uh, Bill Clinton but I would say my best uh, impression is probably Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, you do oh, have yeah. pretty solid That's Jar Jar. You want to hear it? Yeah. This yeah. on Jar Jar Binks. That is a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you want to do your Bill Clinton also? Uh, or do you think it's too, been probably, too far yeah, past? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've even tried. Okay. 
I can try right now, but I don't know how good it is. That's, that's really good. That's really solid. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> See, we shouldn't. I don't even, even know the last time I heard Bill Clinton speak was. It's a shame we shouldn't have even revealed that impression. Ski could have just busted out oh, like yeah. a guest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> I do a great Abraham Lincoln impersonation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost indistinguishable from the original. You'll yeah, just yeah. have to trust me. Yeah. yeah. Aristotle. Aristotle. <laughs> well, today we are going over Season 7, Episode 1. Hey, look me over. Today, mm-hmm. Ski's going to be doing our recap, uh, mm-hmm. and everything else will be normal. Yeah. Listening off our uh, favorite lines as we get to them, giving an MVP vote, which has uh, people who listen to the recap know it's a very tight race for the series MVP between yeah. Sophia and Rose. And uh, then, of course, giving our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake to mm-hmm. kick off Season 7. Correct. It's hard to believe that we're on season seven already. I know. On the one hand, it's hard to believe, and it also feels like we've been doing it forever. (laughs) So it does. I mean, because we predate the pandemic. Yeah, (laughs) it is weird. Like, well, we started doing this right before it, didn't we? Yeah, it was like September of twenty nineteen, maybe. That sounds right. Um, But yeah. Uh, So ski. I don't have any. I, I, I. Shot your wad with exactly. the listeners Exactly, I was week. literally <laughs> thinking of that, and I was just trying to think of which way you know I would use that euphemism. <laughs> and I was kind of going back and forth, you know, quickly cycling through what is the more or less vulgar possible yeah. <laughs> way to say it. But anyways. Did I hit the nail on the head? Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm, I'd say so. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, no listener interactions for this episode, but hopefully we'll have some by the time we get to episode three of season seven. That'd be nice. So. But Ski, do you or uh, or you, Brent, have anything to add before we jump in? No, no. I can't think of anything either. Okay. Well, uh, Brent, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Not at all related to the Golden Girls, but it is something that we kind of touch on here and there. Okay. How did you feel about the James Gunn announcements of uh, you know the new direction of the DC universe? Um, I'm okay with it. I think he's earned a lot of goodwill, mm-hmm. so I you know trust him. What did he I, say? I heard that he made an announcement, I, but I haven't heard what it was. He just kind of laid out the plans yeah. for the, you know, yeah. the upcoming future of the so DC we're, we're cinematic universe and, and television it, universe. I guess my thing that I'm just leery of or whatever, because basically he's like, you know, nothing that happened previously really matters, mm-hmm. you know. But don't forget, we got The Flash and Aquaman 2 coming up, so <laughs> those kind of count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get he's in a position that he can't just write them off as well. Right, yeah, you it's know. already been... Yeah, millions of dollars invested. Exactly. So, yeah, it's almost like okay, we think we're those... checking out though, guys. And, and he's like, and it's all related, you know, except for the Batman and the Joker sequels because they're a separate thing, also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but everything else is all. I don't so know. is it all disjointed? Is, is there going to be like multiple Batmans in? No, yeah. I mean I, I can't th- imagine there'd be. They're kind of redoing it, so it's like those. Ba- there is going to be a what is it, the Brave and the Bold, uh, mm-hmm. which will be a Batman and Robin yeah. uh, movie, but it'll be a okay. different. Batman. Oh man, I hope it's like Batman and Robin in the Batman. with with George Clooney. Yeah. Who was it? George Clooney and what was the guy who played Robin? Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Oh, uh, that was. Disney League reprised their roles. Fifty-year-old <laughs> 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 Robin or whatever uh, it would be at this point. Uh, so. <laughs> Burt Ward played Robin well past then. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be great. I, well, obviously, I mean, I, I love Gal Gadot as mm-hmm. a Wonder Woman, but. You know, it's it's hard with any of these superhero things because it's a decade at least long commitment that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
when you've already been doing it for a decade or however long it's been since the first Wonder Woman came out, yeah, yeah. can you really have another decade of, you know, well, even I mean, if they wanted to use that yeah. same character? Well, it's, it's that, and it's, you got to stay in that level of shape, and you got to, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like you said, commitment-wise as far as what else are you giving up yeah. to yeah. keep doing that role? Well, yeah, especially since, like, you know, if, if she's like, oh, you know, I would like to have another kid or something. Mm-hmm. It's right. like, well, that sort of impacts a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think the bigger pickle that they're going to be in is, I mean, he's going to start having to, you know, poach Marvel actors here soon. Oh, yeah. And are people going to be like, okay, you know, I'll accept, you know, blanking. <laughs> it, it'll, be, it'll be hilarious to me if fucking Dave Bautista ends up as, you know, a central character after he was like, yeah, I'm done playing Drax. I'm, I'm tired of, yeah, I don't want my legacy to be this dumb character. You're a horrible Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine him as dark side, <laughs> something like that. But, uh, but it would be funny if he ends up world's worst booster of gold. <laughs> yeah. There are so many because I was never a DC uh, fan. Like there's you know, a handful the, things we what we watched. Yeah, like watched, I knew the big uh, characters. Like, like yeah. obviously they're the most classic superhero characters of all time. Yeah. Um, and, and watched plenty of Batman and Superman and whatnot. But all the people who didn't appear in movies, uh-huh. like Booster Gold, I have no idea who Booster Gold is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're gonna make a movie of him. Yeah, yeah. So. I I, could, I think I know. It's like a guy from the future with mm-hmm. technology, right? Comes yeah. back and basically gives himself superpowers mm. through technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, if we went back to uh, the 1800s. Like, oh, man, that guy's a superhero. Oh, okay. You see that little thing he holds in his hand? <laughs> yeah, like, all <laughs> It right. makes music and <laughs> tells time. <laughs> Is that little yachty? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, all right. Well, I didn't have anything else. That was something I thought about throwing in the last episode, but we kind of stretched yeah. it out enough anyway. Yeah. Um, so. well, I got a lot to get through here, so, you know. You got a yeah. once in St. Olaf, right? Say what? A once in St. Olaf. We do have another St. Olaf story. Yeah, yeah but you got to stick around to the end for that one. Don't yeah. fast forward. Listen to all of us. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. All right, I'll jump in. Yay. Season 7, Episode 1. Hey, look me over. Original air date was September 21st, 1991. Written by Michael Hurwitz and uh, directed by Lex Paceres. Mitchell. Huh? Mitchell. Mitchell Lex Paceres Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell Hurwitz. Oh, what did I say? Michael. Michael. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> and I wrote Mitchell, so my brain just uh, mixed it up. I that guess. was great, though, because it was like, Lex Viserys Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't know if maybe he had a name change or uh, something, and he was just updating me. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just trying to get that sticker for pointing out a correction. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to get the, the, the postcard, right? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. If someone um, points out a points of something we did wrong, then you can get an original piece of ski art. Mm-hmm. Maybe the size of a postage stamp, but it'll be original. <laughs> He's going to put his leftover cake in an envelope and mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's abstract. Exactly. <laughs> got to glue it to some paper like yeah. uh, macaroni art. Exactly. Exactly. I looked ahead, though. Um, season 7 only has two uh, directors, Lex Baceres, and I forget what the other one is, uh, Peter Bate or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think Peter does, yeah, it's a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> he does, like, five episodes, Lex does the rest. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's, like, Peter R. Bate or something. It does make me feel like such a juvenile. <laughs> Peter Bate. It's, like, penis and masturbate all together. <laughs> so, now, sorry. now I almost feel like I have to look it up to make sure that's the name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just got Peter Bate on the mind. Well, I think it might be Bite, isn't it? 
What? I thought it it was might be Byte. Byte, yeah. It's like B-E-Y-T or something. Peter Byte is still a funny name, too. <laughs> That's what you get with a bunch of 40-year-old men, guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Some Peter Bait. <laughs> Uh, so we open the living room. We see Rose is dusting several items near the back of the room. What? Nah, I... <laughs> what? <laughs> We've already had Peter Bate on this show. Don't you remember Christy McNichol? <laughs> <laughs> see, the funny thing is, when you said Peter Bate, I was thinking, I don't think any of us would ever be Peter Bate. It's a good thing we're straight guys, because we're definitely not attracting any dudes. <laughs> the Christy McNichol is. Sure, yes, of course, for you. You would think after uh, we're starting our seventh season and Brent still doesn't know to quit fucking with his mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nervous Nelly. <laughs> do I do anything like that? Do I tap a mine or rub it or anything? <laughs> <laughs> do I bait mine? <laughs> hands on the table, sir. <laughs> you do a pretty good job of, of keeping your hands off of, of the mic and the table. Um, the only thing that you do is you, I mean, this isn't something that you do intentionally, but you do cough a lot during our episodes. He does. I have to edit a lot of your coughs out, and sometimes you're coughing right over the top of someone else talking, and so <laughs> what? Then, I, no. then I can't really edit it out. <laughs> so. I've had times where like, I'm doing my recap, and I know I've got like a what I consider to be a killer line coming up, mm-hmm. and then he always sort of makes this face before he coughs, and I'm always like, let me speed up so I can get this joke out before the <laughs> cough, because I don't want it to be trampled upon. <laughs> That sucks. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah, and and usually they're pretty editable, so I don't think that it's something that a listener would necessarily notice Mm -hmm. as much as me who edits it or Brent. I know it's got to do with my uh, crappy sinuses. Yeah, well, your allergies. I mean, we have cats here or a cat here, and you're allergic to cats in particular. Do you have a nut allergy? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Otherwise, you'd be coughing all the time with these huge nuts around here. Am I right, Brent? <laughs> I lift my I thought hand it was going to be another five. Peter Bait uh, joke. Uh, <laughs> all right, Steve. Uh, you can go back into the recap. <laughs> Cutting all this shit. Are you really? <laughs> no, some of it. <laughs> well, even that, I didn't leave you hanging. Okay. <laughs> you, you wanted to high five, and I was like, all right. Yeah, he He's did. never asked before, so. He came up to give it, but then I retracted. <laughs> 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 Put his hand back on those nuts. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Rose is dusting off several items near the back of the room uh, while Blanche is on the couch reading a magazine. Rose asks her if she's likely done with her uh, her cycle. Blanche replies that, yeah, menopause is a pretty good guess based on how puffy she looks. Mm-hmm. And then compared to the Pillsbury Doughboy, Rose clarifies that she actually meant her exercise cycle, uh, which she has just been cleaning. Rose states that it's hard to decide what to keep uh, at the house versus what to put in the storage. Uh, she, she dumps a pile of coins onto a coffee table then. Uh, when Sophia walks in, she asks what she's doing. Rose tells her that she's going through the change. Mm-hmm. And then Sophia reports that, uh, or retorts that it explains the puffiness. Now, see, I didn't mind that little running joke. I thought that yeah. was all right. And they also got done with it relatively early yeah, in the yeah. episode. I think Dorothy, there you probably mentioned call it. Back, yeah. Um, yeah. But I did not care for the poppin' fresh thing, um, like them poking her in the stomach and making oh, her laugh. Oh, I love that. Did you? I, I thought her little giggle was adorable. Giggle? <laughs> her little giggle. <laughs> um, That's what you get when you uh, poke Gilgamesh. Ah, uh, this is a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> it's epic. Yeah. <laughs> that was well played, Brent. Thank you. <laughs> Brought it back around. Mm-hmm. Actually, we do the highbrow. 
and we do these nuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a one stop shop for all your comedy needs. Exactly. Exactly. Fourteen people agree. Yes. <laughs> well, thirteen. Yeah. One person's not too sure, but thirteen people agree, and one person's exactly. a little uncertain. They feel like Betty deserves better. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, that's true. Still, still true. Yeah. Uh, let's just, so Peter retorts that yeah, explains the puffiness. Already tired of this running gag, Rose stands and declares that she's not puffy, and she has no similarity to the Doughboy. On cue, Sophia pokes her in the tummy, and Rose giggles. Right. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, Dorothy <laughs> enters and says that uh, she'll start loading the car, but Rose tells her not to take any of the items she has left out, saying, oh, those are too special to part with. And, and really, if they're putting on storage, is she, is she really parting with it? No, I I wouldn't think so, but I still felt a little uncertain about what they were even doing with the stuff. I think they were just out there as like a, a plot. Thing, like yeah, like, I guess so. It's just device, a, yeah. Yeah, it's just to to further along or launch it because mm. they never even talk about it the rest of the time, do they? Well, the extra cycle they do. Yeah, yeah. but nothing else. Uh, take it back to Bullhorn. Okay, so yeah, so a before couple I things get, before yeah. I get too hard. I guess they needed myself. a couple props. <laughs> they needed <laughs> a way to get those props in. Oh God, so. You remember the episode of um, The Simpsons where Bart gets a bullhorn and it's not that impressive, and then he gets like thirty-seven bullhorns and mm-hmm. <laughs> breaks all the windows. Yeah, it's a lot they together. Um, Cassie and I watched that episode the other day, and I laughed uncontrollably <laughs> for just like two minutes. I just got the biggest <laughs> kick out of that. Do you know and if like, it does like amplify it like exponentially or something if you combine them? No, I mean it would be. They would each have their own sound, but it's not gonna ripple I would think, effect. Through I, I would there. think each one would have its like limiter. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And the um, the final one would have its limiter, so it's not gonna go beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just didn't know if like the accumulated accumulated uh, sound from each yeah. one would. Yeah, I mean the bleed over between all of them, you'd have something inverse not... square law and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, something <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean without the limiter, then you know just. Multiple infinities, like oh, right. Like, what's the name? <laughs> Is it Peter Gote? Whatever, what's the name? No, I'm not sure. I don't know. I know the German about. guy. Yeah. Who? The German. German some German guy. Yeah. Don't talk about some German guy with ski because his mind's going to one place. <laughs> yeah, it is. You mean the greatest German of you all mean time? So <laughs> I hear he he invented a car. <laughs> <laughs> So she doesn't know what to part with, even though ultimately she doesn't seem to part with anything. Um, Blanche then holds up a bullhorn from a box, asking why this is special uh, to her. Rose explains that uh, all she has left from her one day is a mountain rangerette. Hmm. Uh, but I, I noticed that uh, we actually saw this bullhorn recently in the recap episode. And it looks just like a bullhorn she used when protesting... Uh, fishing practices that harm dolphins. Well, in yes. fairness, that doesn't mean she didn't use it. it oh, yeah. Could be I mean, just... I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not from her day. We don't need a backstory of everything they use in every episode, Ski. Well, then you're going to hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it's not welcome. I just said we don't need it. Uh, but then Blanche uh, pulls out an old camera from the box. Rose immediately recognizes it's Charlie's old camera. Uh, she sees that uh, it still has film inside, even. And for our listeners... Prior to digital photography, <laughs> all cameras for movies, TV, and still photographs required the use of an emulsion-based strip that reacted when exposed to light by capturing images when an aperture opened and closed. 
This strip is commonly called film and is still used by a small quantity of nostalgic and niche photographers. Cassidy's camera uses film. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Would you consider her a nostalgic or niche photographer? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a nostalgic photographer. Okay. FYI, that's all me. I okay. made that definition. Very nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Based on things I read, but right. also new. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose believes <laughs> your word of the day calendar had aperture, and That's you're like, right. "Oh, I'm going to work that one in." <laughs> That's it. Uh, Rose believes the pictures may be from Charlie's last birthday. She explains to the girls that uh, she used much of her uh, their life savings to purchase some beautiful land in Minnesota. She says they should have seen his face when it was delivered. Yeah, that was funny. But I wonder, like, two acres of land, how far down into the soil do you think you go to count that as you know what you purchased? Because you can't go to infinity. You can't go to the core of the earth if you were taking the two acres of land and delivering it to somebody. Did you say two? I thought you said a few acres. Maybe that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I thought it was a few acres of land. What but I'm confused as beautiful, to... Beautiful, beautiful so land. So you're saying Minnesota. like the... Well, I think the joke was is like she purchased this land, it was dug up and then delivered to... Yeah, her like, like sod, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying for it to be, you know, two acres worth, how far deep into the earth do you need to gather... Um, to count that. I mean, I think the like the sod, the, the very surface, surface level, Yeah, you that's know, good enough. That's probably like four inches, maybe okay. something like that. Okay, like if enough. you get you build a house or whatever, that sod that they just enough to make a, a fine carpet of grass. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We worked with a, a lady. I don't want to give her name. She's a nice lady. Okay. I was a big fan of her. But anyways, her and her husband um, built a house or whatever, and they were you know excited and everything and. They were, like, the subdivision that they were putting in, it was a brand new development, and they were building on the, um, you know, sort of the the, the cheaper side of the tracks mm-hmm. or whatever. So there was a really nice side of the neighborhood and then a less nice side, you know. But they're like, it's fine, you know, property values and it's still a good school and everything like that. And you they make were sure fine. to rub in that she was on the bad side? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. She was a sweet lady. It's a nice like, house. Because a bit one nicer. Of those, no. Just one of those people that you would never want any, you, you would want her to just have a perfect life. You right, know, just as super much as sweet. Possible. Exactly. Um, really nice lady. But, you know, she got screwed over because basically the, um, like the developers, when they came in or whatever, they stripped away all of her topsoil and put it on the nice side of the neighborhood. Oh, wow. And then just like threw the sod down on the rough dirt or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, it'll it, grow into the clay eventually. Exactly. <laughs> Here's exactly. some sand. But I mean, like, and like they're looking at their, you know, contract for building the house and everything and at no point does it say that the you know the topsoil you viewed is the topsoil you'll get right (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of a dirty trick though it kind of is yeah yeah. so yeah that's not i mean as it is odd or even more awkward to have like the higher end part of the neighborhood and the lower end part um where it's like we're gonna make sure that there's a clear (laughs) distinction so you know your place exactly (laughs) Um, (laughs) the grass ain't gonna be greener on that side (laughs) right (laughs) it just makes you gives you this image of like the other side of the neighborhood being you know one of those kind of things like from the simpsons where you literally go to the other side of the Mm -hmm. tracks and they're like vultures (laughs) you know (laughs) circling as soon as you cross over there's like like fucking mad max going on (laughs) (laughs) so uh, where was i at yeah she got some beautiful land from minnesota and you know he his face lit up i guess when it got delivered right uh, Dorothy uh, takes the camera and tells Rose that she'll drop it off to be de- developed. 
when she picks up the tickets uh, to the Philharmonic for Ma and herself, which will be a Beethoven Sonata number 29. Side note again, the aforementioned film mm-hmm. had to be developed using a chemical wash process in which the emulsion strip was treated with specific chemicals in sequence mm-hmm. in a darkroom environment to prevent further exposure to light, which would re- usually result in ruining the captured images. Have either of you two ever developed a piece of actual film? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Had a whole class of did oh, in really? high yeah. school. I was on the school newspaper in high school, and we developed our own photography. Oh, pictures very nice. and everything. So. Very we cool. did all kinds of cool little... Uh, now, there was actually two or three years you could take photography. I just did the one. Mm-hmm. We did all black and white photographs. Uh, but we learned how to do like special like um, time shots, like where you have like the background blurred and the foreground in uh, focus, and then vice versa and stuff. And I'm a lot younger than you guys, so when I was on the school newspaper, we used a computer. So really, was, yeah. yeah, is digital photography when you were there? Yeah, yeah, I think that we did. Um, really, as far as I can recall, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I, I mean, granted, keep in mind that we went. I mean, it was a private. It's like a, just a two-year differential between us. Yeah, I know, but, but I guess what a difference, difference two years makes. You also had that. <laughs> yeah, you, you went to a Catholic school, though, too, so right. I mean, you had all that hush money payments done. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be the opposite. <laughs> if anything, we were more poor because of the hush money payments. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we weren't the ones raking it in. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, you know, as the victim, you collected uh, it. <laughs> and then I donated back into the, the organization. The system that harmed you? Well, that really is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> Then, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, when you got God backing you, yeah. you, you have guilt alone. And don't forget your tithe. <laughs> Robin, we know for a fact you made extra money this year. Robin Paul to pay for your Peter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow! What a cave we crawled into for this one. I did always like. I just go in a slightly different direction. <laughs> I, I, I always love that line in The Simpsons where Reverend Lovejoy is like, "And remember, people, that's ten percent off the top. Gross. <laughs> Don't make us audit." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah, Cassidy asked me the other day, like, who my all-time favorite character on The Simpsons was, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, Frank Grimes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and she didn't know who he was. I was like, "Well, we'll watch that episode." You know, she didn't. She enjoyed it, but not. Yeah, it shouldn't be anybody's favorite. <laughs> you don't think so? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, I was I was watching it. I was like, man, I chose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you only had to worry about one episode, right? <laughs> yeah. I think he was in a second episode. Well, his son was in an episode yeah, later on. Jr. And I don't know if there was ever the ghost of Frank Grimes. He might have been in an episode somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a Treehouse of Horror, if nothing yeah. else. Maybe, yeah. I can see that. But no. I don't know. I, again, though, I'm not the type who was going to pick it. It seems very much like your selections for MVPs. Where if I'm thinking of my favorite character, it's going to be a, at least a somewhat regular character, gotcha. not a one-off, basically. Yeah. Uh, my favorite character is Mr. Burns. Hmm. Uh, That's so. a good choice. You don't, do you still have uh, Mr. Burns as your background on your phone? I do, yes. Mm-hmm. It's been a long, long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I mentioned, but my, Excellent. S- my sister for Christmas gave me a, uh, like a needlepoint type thing. I, she didn't make it, but she purchased it from mm-hmm. somebody who does it that yeah. has my favorite Mr. Burns quote of all time. Ahoy, ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it says, uh, friends, fr- uh, friends, family, religion. These are the three demons you must slay to be <laughs> successful in business. <laughs> so. My wallpaper is my family. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, priorities. <laughs> <laughs> What's your ski? Um, actually, mine is still like the, the blank. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since my phone got re, uh, 
like reset. Uh-huh. I haven't messed with the settings at all, really. Well, thank goodness with the jitterbug, you don't get very many options. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, mine's just a button, so what are you talking about? It gives me the time. Exactly. I shortcut the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> For every text, he has to push each of the buttons three times to get the letter that he wants. I'm trying to think of like a... Uh, like an old timey like provider. I was like, "Welcome to Verizon," but that's new still. Yeah, I can't really think of any defunct old time cell phone providers. I'm sure there were some, but yeah. there's none that come to mind anyway. <laughs> if I think of one later, I'll let you know. Okay, I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> Just using Prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Netscape. Right. <laughs> that's what I use on my phone. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh yeah, I was talking about uh, how to develop film. Right. Correct. Uh, but yeah, when Dorothy uh, just as a side note here, yes. um, I mean, it would not work, you know, just because of where the episode is going, you mm-hmm. know. But if for some reason it would have went a different direction or whatever, I could see Blanche saying like, "Oh well, I've got a guy, you know, who who develops photographers uh, and he's very discreet." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that wouldn't work with this episode, but it yeah, seems but like something she would have. Definitely, yeah. I Potentially, definitely... actually, could have helped the plot even better mm. if that. Was... If you think about how things turn out, yeah, I was listening to an episode of a po- a different podcast, and the person on there, she had worked in a photo mat type place, uh-huh. um, you know, where yeah. they develop pictures, yeah. And you know, I guess there are these different rules they had, and she said that there was a time when this couple they brought in a roll of film, and everything was right on the edge. It's like they knew exactly what the rules, uh, the rules were. were, yeah, because it's like you could have nudity, but you couldn't have like. Uh, actual sexual acts happening. Uh-huh. Um, like, you couldn't be touching a genital, but it's like the hand was right next to the genital. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you know, the genitals were, you yeah. know, within a couple inches of each other, things yeah. like that. Where oh, it's, like, oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know it's going to happen. So it looked like all their pictures, they knew exactly what they were allowed to and went right up to the very line. Maybe they got a copy from the... Uh, from the company website or something could be or maybe they had had so many pictures developed there that they had you know been oh yeah told what didn't work and what did <laughs> over time yeah. so. like do you think they put like a like a just a note card inside the envelope it's like we didn't develop this picture because the hand was on the junk yeah maybe so i don't know maybe i'm sure if they i think they might actually tell you if you said well i'm missing five pictures why are they not developed or something yeah yeah say oh yeah you broke these rules we can't do that yeah did any of them involve the following? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Dorothy's going to take the, uh, uh, she says uh, when uh, she goes to get the concert tickets. Sorry. What? <laughs> You're just really <laughs> bumbling through this. <laughs> oh, she says uh, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> His tongue swollen from the nut allergy. Yeah, probably That's it. So. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that sounds worse, actually. Uh, when Dorothy asked her mother if she's excited about the concert. <laughs> Put a little English on that one. Yeah. Uh, Sophia, I'm just trying to get my, my motion going. Your funky now. flow going my again. Funky flow. Mm-hmm. Sophia used her trademark sarcasm to tell her daughter that she'd, uh, she'd really rather pass. Dorothy says, you know, uh, that she used to love doing things with her and, you know, what has changed. Sophia throws it back to Rose saying that uh, she's the one going through the change. Dorothy states, well, that would explain the puffiness. Right. This comment does not go unnoticed by Rose, but she says nothing this time. Sophia excuses herself uh, to go get a cup of coffee. Blanche and Rose ask if uh, she can get them a cup as well. Sophia points out the fact that they've just asked the oldest member of the group to 
to serve them, saying that once they've all had their fill, she'll climb to the mountaintop to let the wolves eat her. Uh, once she's in the kitchen, though, uh, Dorothy tells the girls that uh, she's worried about her mother, that she may be suffering from hearing loss, citing the following warning signs uh, from a brochure. One, avoiding social activities. Two, forgetfulness. Three, acting cranky. And four, laughing out of context. Mm-hmm. Of course, while she reads this list, Sophia displays all of these characteristics in the corresponding order. At the end of the scene, though, she laughs at a joke that nobody told. Uh, goes, my dog has no nose. Well, how does he smell? Awful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she is disappointed, I think, that no one laughs. Right. She's like, I laughed when I thought you said it. <laughs> <laughs> had you not heard that joke before? Yeah, I think I'd heard that, or at least some variation of yeah. it. Yeah, maybe a long time ago or something. We changed scenes. Uh, Dorothy walks can, out. Can you recap where we were before we changed scenes? It's been a while, I forget. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, you don't have to. <laughs> Do you want no? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, no time at all passed. <laughs> right. I don't know. We could just record all of that. So just... Yeah. I wanted to see if you assholes were talking about me while I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you were, it wouldn't be worth Uh-oh. my time to listen. <laughs> Uh-oh. We use a code word. You're dirty, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids are the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we changed scene. Uh, Dorothy is walking into the lanai where Sophia uh, is sitting and reading. She loudly and clearly asks her mother how she's doing. Uh, this tone is visibly uh, jarring to Sophia, so she assumes that they have been bugged by the government. Right. Specifically, she thinks it's immigration. So she begins to talk to inanimate objects that might uh, have a microphone, stating that she is definitely a citizen of the USA, home to presidents like Ford, Lincoln, and she asks uh, Delphi, Dorothy to help her with some names. Dorothy says, Bush, Ma. Mm. So Sophia walks over to a bush and adds Reagan. <laughs> right. I like that joke. That was solid. I enjoyed it, too. Uh, Dorothy stops her mother and explains that uh, um, she is concerned about her hearing. Sophia protests and then laughs again at an imagined uh, comment that Dorothy is Mothra, giant radioactive insect. <laughs> uh we find out that Sophia saw and read the brochure that yeah. you know she was worried about her hearing. She points out that every time Dorothy brings home a new pamphlet regarding some type of disease or uh, condition, she uh, rationalized that her mother must have that affliction. Once, she even said, uh, thought she might be a Jew for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia exits uh, passing Rose, who is also coming out, and greets her with a shalom. <laughs> Rose comes out to the night to share the pictures that uh, were developed from Charlie's camera. Uh, they appear to be from uh, his last trip to Florida, mm-hmm. uh, which he apparently visited every uh, spring to discuss sales. Right. Uh, they start flipping through the pics. Uh, he went to Gator World, uh, the Miami suburbs, which who doesn't go to the Miami suburbs, oh, right? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then in Blanche's bed, and Rose uh, nearly continues, but Dorothy stops her, pointing out what she had just said. Both of them look at the picture, kind of jaw-dropped, Dorothy says there must be some uh, reasonable explanation for the photo, but cannot think of one offhand. She suggests they just talk to Blanche, but Rose is afraid that if she confronts Blanche about this, she'll say the wrong thing, saying that Dorothy is just better with, uh, what what do you call it, Uh, words. Yeah. Rose worries that she might call her a slut. Uh, Dorothy defends Blanche, saying that she's not that bad, although 
Mm-hmm. I'm quite certain that each of the girls has called Blanche that very word on multiple occasions. Oh, certainly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just then, Blanche hobbles out to the lanai, saying that she can barely walk, as if on cue, right? Dorsey comments that slut does have a documentary feel, <laughs> yeah, based on the uh, subject matter. Then Rose chimes in, saying that uh, <laughs> she has spent time living amongst the bushman. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, then Rose chimes in, calling her a harlot. Having no idea why she's lashing out, Blanche explains that she's just sore from the extra cycle. Rose shows Blanche that, uh, the picture of Charlie in her bed, but Blanche is focused on her hairstyle, saying it looks like a helmet. Yeah, I like that she said that she looked like she was the rocketeer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very timely. I bet that came out pretty close to then. Yeah, yeah it would have been, yeah. Yeah, but my guess is she's referring to the original. Yeah, probably. I mean, isn't the rocketeer wasn't an old-timey thing before they came out with the... Mm. Uh, the Ben Affleck movie? Is Ben Affleck the Rocketeer? Who's the Rocketeer in the movie? <laughs> um, the Rocketeer was, um, oh, Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell? Yeah. Um, but no, it was um, an original property just made to seem like an old-timey one, uh, okay. like Indiana Jones or something. Oh, I guess I always thought it was based on an old-timey property. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I think the comic book came out maybe two years before the movie or something. No. And I just kind of gave it that vintage look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Exactly. That's so then great... it was very timely then. Yeah. That's a solid movie. I love that one. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, as far as live-action Disney movies go, it's most definitely in the top five. Really? Yeah. When she tells... Uh, she tells Rose to burn the picture. Uh, Dorothy stops her uh, self-deprecation, explaining that the man in the picture is Charlie. Mm-hmm. Blanche, la- la- Blanche laughs it off, saying that she never met Charlie, uh, but Rose insists that she and him, you know, she not only met him, but she slept with him. She attempts to uh, insult, or she attempts an insult, but relies on Dorothy to finish off the dig. Uh, Blanche admits that she is a social person, but insists that she is also discerning. Rose contests this as well, again falling on Dorothy to complete the slur, saying that she's been under more sailors than a nautical toilet. Yeah. (laughs) Blanche claims that she wouldn't sleep with a married man, and Rose points out that he may have removed his wedding ring. Rose uh, tries for one last zinger, but falls short when uh, Dorothy declines to assist. Yeah. That's where she said, well, yeah, something about like a person with bad choicing skills. Yeah, choicing skills, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was... uh, intentionally uh, bumbled. It was good, though. Uh, scene change again. Dorothy enters the living room where Sophia is watching TV. She uses Rose's bullhorn, which I guess that is a pullback, mm-hmm. to make a higher-frequency beep, but Sophia does not react. Dorothy assumes that her mother doesn't hear it and asks why she won't admit that she may have some hearing loss. Uh, before I go too far on, I think she makes a little joke there, like, I heard it. I just uh, didn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah. Since you bring it up, excuse you. Yeah, yeah I thought that was funny, that too. That was a good line. Sophia contends uh, that while she may not have her daughter's gift for word jumbles, ability to float, making children cry, or <laughs> or her butt. Mm-hmm. I think she says butt. Yeah. Uh, however, she explains that she has 2,000 shares of Xerox, and then she cuts herself off before sharing too much information. I sure hope she and unloaded just, that in the right time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just says that she uh, has her health. Right. Dorothy tells her that uh, she's made an appointment to get her ears checked that afternoon, and that if she refuses, she'll make her life miserable. A threat she apparently used prior to bring her to uh, her mom to Shady Pines. Right. Upon recalling this fact, Sophia excused herself to go, quote, pretty up. Mm-hmm. It's about 34000 Yeah. Yeah. 
What's that? So right now it'd be at thirty-four thousand. Yeah. Okay. Solid. I wonder how much uh, that would have been back in nineteen ninety-one. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> it probably was. I mean, they're topical enough. I'm sure it was doing well. Yeah. Well, but I mean, she just bought it, so I mean, if she had more than that <laughs> right, flying yeah. around, mm. I mean, there wouldn't be you know breeding minks in the garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dorothy then hears uh, clanging from the kitchen. She opens up the door to see Rose uh, being unusually gruff with plates and silverware. She tells Dorothy that she's mad and intends to stay that way, so not uh, don't even attempt to cheer her up. Dorothy uh, answers this by poking her tummy and making her giggle again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose lashes out, calling Blanche a tramp, and not understanding why Charlie would uh, want to be with Blanche. About $25,000. Oh, okay. Very nice. Back in the day? Mm-hmm. 91. Uh, Dorothy tries to defend Blanche again, clutching her use of the word tramp, which, again, they've all used that. Yeah. Uh, until Blanche walks in carrying three notebooks she claims to contain the names of all the men she's dated since George passed. Yeah. I it says, what do you know? The tramp keeps records. Yeah. <laughs> Blanche contests that uh, just because a name is on the rather long list doesn't necessarily mean that she slept with the person. She does uh, add that if the man has a gold star... She, quote, had a good time. Right. And then if they have a silver star, it's because she ran out of gold stars. <laughs> yeah. Rose is confused by Blanche's claim that she may not have been intimate with all of them, pointing out that the notebooks are all marked with B-E-D. Blanche laughs and explains that those are just her initials, Blanche Elizabeth Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Dorothy is dumbfounded and to realize that her initials spell out her favorite location. All right. And I wanted to point out that the fact that the writers used uh, kind of waited until the final season to drop this little tidbit seems like a wasted opportunity. Although I wonder uh, if the character even had a middle name until this point. Probably not. <laughs> Just kind of realizing then. the gym before them, right? Yeah. Uh, while looking over the ledger, corresponding to the appropriate time frame, mm-hmm. Rose spots the uh, that Blanche met up with a traveling salesman named Chuck. After seeing this, even Blanche is convinced that she must have been or met Charlie. Horrified, Rose hurries out of the kitchen. Yeah, the timing certainly and the fact that his name was Chuck would definitely be... And a traveling be, salesman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the things would line up to make you feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you really can't blame Blanche. Um, I mean, yeah, Blanche yeah. would have had no idea. Exactly. So. If it was somebody that was married, hiding that they were married. Yeah. Then, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think that kind of thing happens a lot, though, where... The traveling salesman? Well, no, just where I think it's easier for a person to blame the third party as opposed to their their person. Yeah. Um, well, Charlie's dead now, so... All right, yeah. It's, but still, it's, that's probably one of the things that makes it more frustrating, honestly, because you mm-hmm. can't blame the person that's actually to blame. Yeah, exactly. Or at least you can blame all you want, but there's not going to be any consequence. Yeah. Uh, we see Dorothy and Sophia now entering the kitchen from the garage. Blanche asks how the hearing test went. Sophia loudly and clearly tells her daughter to explain the results. It turns out Sophia's hearing is fine, but Dorothy has slight hearing loss and would actually benefit from a hearing aid. Sophia says that uh, it's inherited and skips a generation. Dorothy worries that Ma will gloat and simply views this as a victory. She also says that uh, she won't be getting any hearing aid. When Blanche points out the hypocrisy in her statements, Dorothy clarifies that she wanted her mother to go to age with dignity and grace. Adding that it's, uh, she's hundreds of years old. She should be carbon dated. Yeah, that was, I think, one of my favorite lines. Maybe my favorite line of this episode. Mm-hmm. Side note. 
while carbon dating is generally accepted uh, or an acceptable means of uh, dating organic matter, meaning things that have been alive. Mm -hmm. There have been valid scientific questions related to this overall accuracy as it relies on a homogeneous level of the isotope carbon-14 across the globe, which has not been proven. Mm -hmm. It means that, that, so do you guys know what carbon dating is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know is? No. I mean, in theory, I mean, big picture. Yeah. So we all breathe all in carbon-12 and carbon-14. Okay. Carbon-12 is like a lot, right? Carbon-14 is a much smaller, rarer isotope that has a very specific half-life. Okay. Right, that we'd be able to track. Anyway, so if you can track the amount of carbon-14 in something, you can basically estimate based on that half-life how old something is, if it was alive. Thing that doesn't work for things like rocks and stuff. I'm sorry. So it's based upon how much carbon you exhaled? Yes. But how do they measure? Oh, inhale. The how much is in your system? Okay. So once gotcha. you die and expire, gotcha. you stop respiring carbon-14. Because carbon-14 is a much uh, rarer isotope. It refers to the amount of... Do you know what isotope is? Yes, I understand. Well, I don't know. Some people don't know. Yeah, I, don't no. want to... I guess I'm confused. So I'm breathing in carbon dioxide. Okay. Carbon. I'm breathing in carbon. Yes. Well, I mean, it probably is mixed with carbon dioxide, but okay. carbon-14 is the isotope that's mixed in the molecule. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, are you lost? Uh, I'm just, uh, I can't focus at all on what uh, <laughs> skis carbon dioxide because all I can hear is your fucking hands on that mic. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> like, I thought I understood, like, big picture. Like, we're carbon-based life forms. Yes, we are. Okay, so, like, our our bodies are just riddled well, with we, carbon. Yeah, we use carbon. Exactly, you know. And so I it's thought not it just, just breathing it in. It's, it's, it's exactly. We intake things. It, it's probably actually more... Uh, the things we eat, gotcha. like if we're eating plants and stuff, and 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 so it's, it's a micronutrient that. Oh, it's just in, embedded in the the things we intake in various ways. I like the fact that you try to try to put like a something on it, and he just can't give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, so the micronutrient, yeah, well. Well, it's not. I'm not going to give you any. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't say it has a nutritional value. I don't know that. Okay. It's just some, something that happens to be part of what we eat and yeah. and breathe. Sorry. That's no, all right. Nah, well, just to simplify <laughs> matters and allow you to go on, I'm just going to think about you know an inanimate carbon rod and how you inserted that into you. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> And you call that oh, a date. Exactly. <laughs> it's animate, okay? <laughs> it's definitely moving. <laughs> Maybe not on its own. All right, and then we move into uh, my favorite little group of uh, statements here. Blanche continues to plead the case uh, that, you know, she should get a hearing aid. Uh, but uh, Dorothy simply says, I really don't want to hear it. Or I don't really want to hear this. And Sophia quickly quips with, Good, you can't. Yeah. Or good news, you can't. Yeah, that was solid. Rose enters the kitchen then and faces away from Blanche. Blanche follows behind her, uh, reminds her that you know she's apologized, and implores her to look at the situation from her point of view. Uh, she says, though, can't you just put yourself in my position? And Rose brilliantly responds, apparently, I'm not limber enough. <laughs> that was my set of uh, favorite things. Yeah, and she, she looks over at Dorothy for approval. Uh, that she has a, a good comeback, and Dorothy's like, yes, it was good. Mm -hmm. 
Rose tells Blanche that she realized the event with Charlie happened a long time ago before they even met, but that uh, it still hurts and she doesn't know how to get past that. Mm-hmm. Sophia exits and Blanche tells Rose that Dorothy needs a hearing aid, but is too stubborn to uh, go get one because she would feel old. The girls look back on life and how quickly time passes. Dorothy says that uh, she remembers being 20, but now sees 40 as young. Blanche smiles and tells her how sweet that is, yeah. <laughs> as if she was 40. They discuss uh, graying hair, weakening eyesight, and getting shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Rose even talks about like, a little trick on using your arm Arms, length versus yeah. your height. Dorothy finally admits uh, that despite uh, hearing aids being virtually invisible now, she refuses to take that step as it will make her feel officially like an old person. As she heads for the door, uh, she grabs an ache in her shoulder and comments, Oh, rain's coming. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Did I miss anything that you guys want to talk about? Any lines or? None that I can recall. There, there's one thing I don't think you've gotten to yet, but um, I've got my ear out for it. Give right. them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I just think that maybe we haven't got to that point in the episode yet. Um, I think it was I'm maybe done. in the next no, scene. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it anymore. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll bring it up. I got <laughs> a lot more writing, but it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It says once in St. Olaf's week. <laughs> well, there was a part, which again, I don't know if it was in this scene or maybe early in the next scene, but we're... I believe Rose mentioned something about how Charlie loved Christmas. Yes. And then she says, uh, I loved Christmas. That is unique. Yeah. <laughs> Actually plays it right. Well, I was going to say, so perfect. Yeah, good deal. Uh, we see Rose hanging up a large Christmas banner in the living room. Mm. Dorothy questions this. That's middle of September right now. Uh, Rose tells her how uh, she felt like putting up some things that gave her happy memories of Charlie and that he loved Christmas. Such a unique trait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a nice touch. I thought it was a nice touch because she thought of Charlie when she saw something well hung. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. a nice touch because she said it was September and it's actually aired in September. That's exactly oh, yeah. what I was going to say. So. Middle of September even. Mm-hmm. Very good, us. Yeah. Just took the words out of my mouth. I thought for a second you said, very good, us. Very good. Well, you're the side. Yeah. Good job, Steve. One point to everybody for this one. <laughs> <laughs> The Lego Batman movie, that was one of my favorite things. Just like he always gave himself all the points. Yeah. And then for the grand finale, he's like, we'll go, we'll go share a point this time. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's real. It's, I mean, you it's not seen as... the Lego Batman? Oh, no, okay. I've seen the uh, Lego movie, and I think I saw the second one, too, but mm-hmm. I don't see Lego Batman. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's not as good as the first Lego movie, but <laughs> better than the second Lego movie, and better than Lego Ninjago. I've never seen that one either. It's a good afternoon. I don't think I've seen a Lego Ninjago, but I would agree with your assessment on yeah. that. Is Ninjago three. just a movie or is it a series? I thought it was like a variety of Both. shows. But yeah. they did like a big screen movie with Jackie Chan oh. and everything. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's good. Uh, that was the movie I saw the day I got my vasectomy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, you know, when you're done, you need to Chip you chop, know, right? lay down and whatever. It's like, oh, we're going to the movies and sat in a recliner chair and raised it up and... <laughs> Got my 64 ounce soda nestled next to my groin and <laughs> I was gonna say, watch Jackie Chan. <laughs> and I just imagine it's like, man, can this day get any worse? <laughs> and then you go to see Lego Ninjago. No, no, <laughs> it was, no, it was it was a good time. It was one of those things I didn't want any heavy lifting or anything. Oh, or, sure. You know, you don't want something like you're gonna like laugh uncontrollably or flinch mm. or anything. Like, well, this is just a nice, cool afternoon, just hanging out. You know. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm glad you good. had a positive part of that day. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. The whole day was positive. I mean, it obviously it hurt like hell. You sure, know, that yeah. one part and everything. So, just that that one part. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean your that one ball, <laughs> Chester? Yeah. <laughs> Chester, Chester, the child molester. <laughs> it was court ordered. <laughs> oh <why>. no! <laughs> Poor Brent. That's why Brent's losing his religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's forever traumatized. Mm-hmm. Should have went with Ferdinand. Ferdinand. <laughs> that would have been a solid name. We got yeah. two. Yes. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, one was. Oh, that was a much more severe case. Than they did for one me was Franz, and then it was Ferdinand, right? <laughs> Right, Brent? One's Franz, the other one's Ferdinand? Yes. Uh, I thought they'd be Hans and Franz because he was going <laughs> to pump them up. Even better. That's much better, yeah. actually. Boy, talk about a dated fucking reference, too. <laughs> the Archduke? Well, I, I <laughs> Hans, like, and Hans and Franz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, We're going to pump you up. From 1980 Saturday Night Live lore. <laughs> oh, God. Do you want to hear a... <laughs> Like, I come across as um, like a sad child in a lot of these stories. Okay. <laughs> I was like, hmm, maybe I come across as just too sad in this next one. Maybe, <laughs> may keep this one for myself. <laughs> well, you've already started down the road, so I think you have to finish it off now. Um, you seem like a happy adult, so yeah, yeah, I am. And everything. So um, by comparison, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was. Probably maybe the second to last year I went trick-or-treating. It was towards the end, you know. I would have been in sixth grade probably um, for this one. So, um, yeah, I guess would have been second to last year probably. Long story short, okay, me and, um, you know, my best friend, you know, always went trick-or-treating together or whatever. And, you know, we started drifting apart or whatever. Just because he's more athletic than I am, and what different things, you know how it happens. Sure. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> like we're going trick or treating or whatever, and I was like, um, like a prom kid who got murdered on prom night. Okay. So I had like um, a white, you know, ruffled shirt or whatever, just covered in red paint or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forget what he was supposed to be, but then like he shows up. And he was dressed as, um, you know, Hans, you know, and he had like the gray sweatsuit on or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> like and padded and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like rolls of toilet paper stuck in the sleeves and everything. It was a clever costume or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I hope you don't mind, but I invited, you know, this other kid to go with us. And I was like, that's fine. And then he shows up dressed as Franz. <laughs> and I, I just remember thinking to myself, it's like, I'm not his best friend anymore. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Sad, but yes. yeah. a fine yeah. costume nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it already starts off sad, and you're like, yeah, we started to drift apart because he was athletic and I wasn't so much, and yeah. he had a lot of success with the ladies, and I was a bit of a wallflower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was blessed with a full head of hair. <laughs> Me and my alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was um yeah definitely the Elliot Gould to my Donald Sutherland. Mm. <laughs> That's a tough reference. <laughs> 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 Don't even 
be the tough Roberts. I have no clue, <laughs> like where the two are, re- are related to each other. <laughs> Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland. I mean, I know that they're two people. I know that they're actors, but I don't know in what. You know, like why I would put those two together. <laughs> like they were in MASH together? Okay, I guess I didn't. Movie version. <laughs> I'm getting sadder by the moment. <laughs> I'm just a big fan of Elliot Gould. Okay, not so much of Donald Sutherland. Yeah, I think he's the lesser of the two. <laughs> I would I say know. Donald's done more since then, has he not? I think he, yeah, he's probably stayed busier. But I think Elliot Gould's still the better actor. And I think at his peak, Elliot was better than Donald. Like, I think in the 70s, Elliot Gould was probably way bigger than Donald Sutherland. Gotcha. You know, he, uh, you know, he won the battle, but Donald won the war. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it's kind of funny that you're like, I'm going to pick these two people that are both wildly successful in their field. <laughs> One's just a bit more than the other <laughs> in a certain context. <laughs> so, I'm not gonna get myself put myself down too much. <laughs> it's not like you're like he's the I don't know. He's the Bobby Flay to my guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that is more of an insult to yourself. <laughs> I mean, I know you have your ice tips. <laughs> but... <laughs> All right, Ski, we can go ahead and continue on. I don't remember where we're at in the episode now. I've got my placeholder. Okay, good deal. So, yeah, we were just talking about uh, how Rose was hanging up the uh, the uh, Christmas banner. Mm-hmm. Reminder of Charlie, like, good good memories. And uh, we talked about how it was great because uh, Dorothy says it was in September. Right. And it actually was filmed or aired in September. We were told that uh, Blanche went to, uh, oh, it was Sophia to the Philharmonic. When Rose asks why she didn't go, uh, Dorothy uh, sa- uh, says with self-pity, it's not like I'd be able to enjoy it. Instead of feeding into this, Rose agrees. So it's <laughs> true. Uh, and then points out that, you know, Beethoven also went deaf, so she'd be kind of enjoying the music like he did. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rose points out uh, that they're both sad sacks lately. Uh, Dorothy hadn't gone out for a week, and Rose has now lost one of her best friends. Dorothy disagrees with this, however, saying that she's uh, upset about something that happened a long time ago, and that uh, she suggests that she write down a list of reasons why she likes Blanche, because sometimes it's important to remember why we keep certain people in our lives, why they're important to us. Rose agrees and says that uh, she was a bit hard on Blanche, citing the nautical toilet Mm. uh, comment. Blanche and Sophia arrive home as Dorothy was uh, using Rose's method to check uh, her height as if she was shrinking. I think she makes a comment about him, her looking like uh, Jesus on the cross or something. Yeah. And Blanche says, our Savior would never be caught dead wearing that outfit. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Blanche goes to find Rose, but before entering the kitchen, muses at how uh, she could have forgotten that man, Charlie, of course. Mm-hmm. She assumes that he must have just been lousy in bed. Uh, and I thought uh, this justification may have worked for Blanche in the moment. But from all previous accounts, yeah. uh, Charlie was quite a performer in that department. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. everything we've heard. But then again, you know, Rose didn't have anybody to compare him to at the time. So mm-hmm. A bull. She yeah. <laughs> well, size-wise, but not talent-wise. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he went, he, I can't talk. <laughs> Today I'm like, he's a little uh, mush mouth. But uh, 
we know that she went for uh, like marathon sessions, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe he was just that bad. Yeah, it could be. And I mean, yeah, but with that, I'm close. I'm close. Uh no. I don't know. Though. I mean, with that <laughs> size for that many hours, mm. he'd have to get lucky at least once, like, <laughs> right. even if it was accidentally. <laughs> but Ski will be the first to tell you that size is not everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Sophia tells her daughter about the uh, wonderful concert she didn't uh, get to attend and tells her uh, that you know missing out on life is actually what makes you old. She adds that a hearing aid could help her hear things like birds singing, wind blowing in the trees, and the ticker tape when Xerox stock has risen. Mm-hmm. Again, she stops herself but adds that you know she's still in good health. I did love the idea of like a old timey ticker tape being in her bedroom. She's watching, <laughs> you know, the stock like, come out. Oh, here's to industry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we change scene again. Uh, later on the lanai, Rose comes to Dorothy and Blanche. She tells Blanche that you know Charlie was the most important man in her life, but that uh, she is like a sister to her, and she refuses to lose that closeness, despite uh, her being an amoral. Needy man leech with airbag for a headboard mm-hmm. or on her headboard. She forgives her. Well, it seems like quite a backhanded comment. Mm-hmm. Blanche accepts it with a smile and a hug. Mm-hmm. Rose and Dorothy, uh, or Rose asks Dorothy to hand the pictures to her so they can rip them up and move on past all this ugliness. Dorothy picks them up and asks Rose if she's actually looked at all of them. Well, there is a picture that shows Blanche in bed with Charlie. There are also images of Blanche in bed with a pontoon boat. A giant orange from the Sunkissed Building, and the Country Bear Jamboree. Mm-hmm. Rose assumes that the, her friend must be more depraved than she first realized, but Dorothy explains that the pictures were double exposures, so it only appeared that Charlie was in the same picture as Blanche. And now this is somewhere I have a little bit of uh, disposition of, or this suspension, suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. Thank you. A double exposure. Have you guys seen double exposure pictures much? Mm-hmm. They're usually pretty obvious, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Like it, it looks like two images. But you could have one that was, you know, just depending on the just right out, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you could have. I think if you weren't looking through the rest, or you're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of these that are obvious. Like obviously, seeing a big sun-kissed orange in the bed with her would be really <laughs> obvious that it was a double exposure. But and also, I mean, the film is what seven years old at this time, at least. Yeah. So. Probably would have degraded a bit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, and that's seven years since probably, well, who knows how long it was since uh, it was used the second birthday. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. On my uh, my uh, continued uh, explanation of what film is, mm-hmm. <laughs> added, a double exposure entails the reuse of a film frame in which the same area of film has two captured images superimposed on upon one another. While this can happen, it is usually an obvious photo effect or defect. It is unlikely that Charlie's image on the photo with Blanche would look like a normal picture. Also, it seemed negligent on both part of uh, Rose and Dorothy to have jumped to the conclusion of infidelity without reviewing the full stack of photos. Would you want to, though? Like, you're flipping I, through yeah, a thing of maybe. pictures, okay, and you come across one of me and the colon bed. Do you look at the next picture to see what we're doing, or do you, like, immediately stop? Good point. I didn't think about that. Well, he unzips his pants first, and then <laughs> yeah, I got, I got that builds a suspense, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. gotta get ready before the yeah. uh, main event. Yeah. Then I start checking out the other pictures. Right. Gotcha. So I gotta flip them back and forth real fast, like it's a video. Gotcha. 
You make like a flip book out of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys seen Roger Rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. Who played Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Remember the patty cake scene where yeah. he's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dorothy explains what a uh, double exposure is and that Blanche must have used the uh, camera and taken images of uh, on top of Charlie's existing pictures. Blanche feels that this alibi may come in handy for future events. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose then pauses, asks why all the pictures of Bl- were of Blanche in bed. Dorothy simply replies, you've seen her Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. Sophia then joins them and hands Dorothy a ticket uh, for the final night of the Philharmonic. She tells her that Blanche and her actually went to go see a movie the night before. Dying young. Mm-hmm. Seems topical. Yeah. She adds that she laughed till she peed, and then she laughed at that. Mm-hmm. Sophia implores that Dorothy go get her hearing aid, and she tells her mother that she already did and is currently wearing it. Sophia, clearly proud of her kid, tells her that she's lovely and has always had the elegance of a young Lauren Bacall. Dorothy heads into the house. Sophia turns to Rose and Blanche and comments that even at 60, she still feels or falls for the young Pagal bit. Mm-hmm. Dorothy hollers back, I hear that, mm-hmm. or I heard that. And Sophia look, has a look of concern, realizing that her Dorothy now has bionic hearing. Right. <laughs> and that's where we end. Very nice. Um, well, I'll tell you, I love doing the um, guest actors for this episode, because mm-hmm. maybe for the first time or one of a very, very yeah. small amount of time, there was no guest actors in this episode. Yeah. Uh, it, they save them all up for next episode. They do. They do. <laughs> because it's a bumper crop uh, yeah. next episode. But this yeah. one, no guest actor. So uh, so I guess I don't have anything to do before you go into St. Olaf. Because don't we normally save that for the... Uh, we, we, do do, a, we usually do our... Uh, MVP um, MVPs. Like and, yeah. and then do we do the rating at the end or we do the St. Olaf at the very end? We do St. Olaf at the very end. Okay, I can the, never recall. Okay, well then, uh, Brent, who got your MVP for this episode? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with, um, I guess, Charlie. Charlie? You know, he was, you know, unfairly maligned and accused of something he didn't do. And Yeah, I mean, he, he had only, that we know of, cheated on her once, so why would there be <laughs> any indication that he might have done it again? Um, who did he cheat on her with before? It was somebody, like, down the road from their house and saying that, oh, he went to the wrong house or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... How about you, Ski? Uh, who's your real MVP for? I, <laughs> I actually gave mine to Dorothy. I said, you know, she defended Blanche. Uh, kind of also helped uh, dish out some harsh but funny insults. And she ultimately realized, after much angst, uh, that the pictures were likely the double exposures. Also, she uh, swallowed her own pride and got that hearing aid. Well, I actually, in a similar logic to Brent, but for someone who was actually in the episode, I gave it to Blanche because mm-hmm. she was unfairly maligned mm-hmm. for, um, you know, true. having yeah. slept with a married man, but she didn't, at least in this case. Yeah. I mean, I thought that she was solid throughout the episode. I yeah. liked her uh, her lines as well. Yeah. I mean, if you can make the argument, you know, she's never intentionally slept with a married man. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she claims whatever, while Dorothy has. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dorothy's much more of a slut than... Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> All right. I think that's well, a little strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying more of one than ah, gotcha. <laughs> tramp so, them. Not that either of them are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, ski. How many slices of cheesecake did the first episode of season seven get for you? I gave it four and a half. I uh, couldn't help but be a little bit disappointed that they didn't uh, immediately realize the picture with Charlie was an error, mm-hmm. or was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Brent? Two. Two. Yeah. I just didn't think it was that funny. You know, yeah. I thought it had a good premise. You know, mm-hmm. I thought 
you know, the hearing aid thing and, you know, Blanche possibly sleeping with Charlie. I think there's both good storylines. They're just one enough jokes for yeah. me. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half. I mean, I thought there were plenty of things that I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. there was also, like you said, it was, uh, they could have done more with it. Exactly. Uh, more with the premise. There were good bones in that story. They just didn't take advantage of yep, it. Yep, exactly. So, all right. Well, that gives all of our ratings and recaps for this first episode, but as we've already been alluded to, we do have <laughs> another story here to finish us out. Mm-hmm. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Is it one long paragraph? Two paragraphs? I just have it in one paragraph gotcha. today. It could probably have been spurted out. Oh, but that's uh, fine. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time in okay. St. Olaf, Rose was baking a classic schnitzel bacon and herring lasagna when she heard a car pull up or a car horn outside. She closed the stove back up. Uh, side note, you have to stir the lasagna occasionally to ensure it sets properly. The oil from the herring can disrupt the proper melting of the cheese layers. <laughs> she runs outside and throws her arms around Charlie, her oven mitts flying in both directions. He had just returned from his annual spring trip to Florida. Rose kisses her husband and then tell, asks how the trip went. Charlie tells her that it should be a strong sales year, but he'll have to wait and see if inventory can keep up with demand. The big sellers of the year look to be a fancy new flag post that can mount to the side of the house or stand freely in a yard. Hmm. I thought he sold insurance. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> Charlie tells I, I superimpose stuff. Well, it doesn't mean that he can't, he's a one-trick pony. That's true. <laughs> I thought about that actually same thing after yeah. I wrote this. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait. I think that we know he sells. <laughs> Too late now. I don't have a back case. Well, right. let's just say that he did this before he sold insurance. Yeah? <laughs> I think he was selling insurance when he was like five, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, he saw it was a dead end. <laughs> took a hiatus and came back to it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> There's no future in insurance. <laughs> Not enough people. Uh, Obamacare. You know. right. But patriotism, <laughs> that's gone through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> He's catching that desert storm market. Right. The uh, 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 fancy flag post, a sturdy bookshelf that was designed specifically to hold the latest revision of the Encyclopedia Britannica, or an experimental device that can open a potato without <laughs> burning the user. He's putting his money on the first two, though, as the St. Olaf Institute for Culinary Sciences <laughs> claims that opening a potato without the risk of burn just isn't possible. Mm-hmm. Charlie grabs his luggage from the trunk of the car and heads in. He immediately recognizes the distinct smell of the lasagna and thanks Rose for making one of his favorites. It's wonderful to come home to such a fantastic meal. While she prepares the table... He brings his baggage. <laughs> what? I, I, I thought you were going to go with it's wonderful to come home to the smell of fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, while she prepares the table, he brings his uh, baggage into the bedroom and puts a few items away. He appears in the kitchen with his hands behind his back. Rose notices and asks, what you got? Charlie smiles and tells his wife that he picked up a few souvenirs during the trip. A stuffed plush gator from Gator World a jug from the Country Bear Jamboree, <laughs> and an old promotional poster of Elvis performing in Jacksonville. While she loved the gator and the jug, she was ecstatic about the Elvis poster as she aspired to join a fan club one day. <laughs> Rose puts the food in the oven, or pulls the food from the oven. Charlie sits at the table and notices that he forgot to put his wedding ring back on after the trip. <laughs> he reaches into his pocket and quickly puts it back on. It's so good to be home. I missed you, he tells Rose. 
She simply smiles back and says, I missed you too. Let's eat. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, it sounds like Ski is impugning as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another uh, first episode of season seven in the books. Uh, Brent's just really... Working that mic all around the table. <laughs> I, I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Extra right. fidgety. Yeah. Well, let's hope that uh, let's hope in the future, <laughs> Brent's bladder will be empty <laughs> and his mic will be still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a fine story, Ski. Once again, yes, very nice. a good recap as well. Yeah. So solid all around. Mm, right. Definitely a good. One way point to... for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And slightly more for the episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not going to be competing for the best episode at the end, but, you know, an all right start to season seven. Probably what not if trailing. It's oh. Competing for best of the season. That'd be sad. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, like if it's all downhill from here, would you be like, no Golden Palace? <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> I don't know. Then there's also part of me that'd be like, did they redeem themselves? No. <laughs> they pull it off. <laughs> it was, uh, was Kicking B. Arthur. B. Arthur to the curve. Yeah. Just like, jump into she just really wasn't feeling it and bringing down every episode, uh-huh. but no. Like I said, an all right star, but I do know that we have brighter days ahead. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, but until we get to that point, uh, thanks for listening and stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.